1: This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 487, brought to you by Geek Nation Tours and iFanboy listeners just like you.
0: I just don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with myself.
1: Hello and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode four hundred eighty-seven. I am Josh Flanagan, and for the first time in almost ten years, there's nobody else here. It's just me, uh, for various reasons involving literally weddings and schedules and timing. Uh, I I I don't have anyone. We uh, we we're very rigorous about who we bring on the show and. Uh, Honestly, the number of people who actually read comics regularly who are part of our little uh, cadre is quite small. Um, but that's fine. Let's let's do an experiment. So this will be difficult for me because I won't have a chance to look away uh, from my bloviation. I won't know if anything I said is funny. I don't want to hear it. Uh, and um, we'll see what happens. I don't know how long this will go. I'm going to try to do a regular show uh, like we like we normally do. And Kyle, and I hope. I hope this isn't awful. So let us begin. Uh, we are I I am I fanboy, and we like that's beer. Uh, <laughs> we like comics every week. Uh, we I read a stack of comics. Uh, we pick the favorite book uh and we i call that the pick of the week and we'll i'll talk about that book and other books and we'll talk about some other stuff i'll talk about some other stuff and we'll read some listener mail i got a i got a thing at the end uh sort of uh a a bunch of stuff from twitter and we'll try to sort of go for a flash round of uh questions uh answered so that'll be fun here's your spoiler warning there will be spoilers duh this week yeah, I had the pick. That's how it worked. Your pick of the week is is Where Monsters Dwell number one. I was flipping through what was coming out this week, and I said, well, what's this Where Monsters Dwell thing uh, featuring the Phantom Eagle World War II uh, ace fighter pilot? Um, that looks like something. It is. It's a Garth Ennis book. Um, so Garth Ennis and Russ Braun. Russ Braun had worked on – was it war stories or, or battlefields I believe um, so they work together and and uh, of course I'm of course I'm going to read this nice cover by Frank Cho uh, there is a woman on it but she is fully clothed and shooting a machine gun at tyrannodons from the back of a uh, of a British fighter plane and that's all that I'm gonna say about that um, so this is apparently built into the secret wars uh, event or whatever it is but who cares um, basically, you have the story of of the Phantom Eagle, who is this uh, this pilot, uh, Kaufman, Carl Kaufman. Uh, he appears to be a British pilot, and uh, if I'm to guess correctly from the markings on his plane, I, I can't tell from his accent because it is a comic book. Um, he's on some small island uh, as we start, uh, and, a, and, a, and a native uh, girl is telling him that she's she's pregnant, and she and her her father is going to disown her and and it'll ruin her life. Her father is the chief. And he says, don't worry about it. We're going to get married. And then uh, in the background, you see him take off in his plane and leave her there, um, which I thought was pretty bold. Um, I don't know. This is one of those things that, that I feel like people would really complain about, but it's Garth Ennis, so they let him get away with it. Certainly I do. The guy is a scumbag, uh, the Phantom Eagle. Um, he is then charmed by a lady uh, who has money and a big hat. Um... And, and he uses that money to get his plane back because he, he owed the mechanic. Uh, they take off uh, just as a, a horde of, of, I don't know, uh, Mongols, it looks like, uh, come after him. He flies away from them. They hit a big storm. They come out of the storm, and all of a sudden, uh, they're flying uh, among many pteranodons. Uh, and they have a dogfight uh, in this biplane um, with the tyrannodons. There's something mysterious about the woman. Uh, they crash land, uh, and there appear to be dinosaurs everywhere. Then at the end, you see the you see the the big map of 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 Battle World, uh, Dooms Province or whatever the hell it is, um, and where they are in it. So this does exist in that world. It's part of the time. This is official. This is canon. This is a thing that's happening. Um, and it was fun. Um, Garth Ennis is really good at writing bastards, and for some reason, if if somebody else is to do this. I, I don't really get into it, but I, I just, I can't, I cannot get enough of the man's work. I'm, I'm, I'm stupid for his work. And, and it was, it was sort of the, the one different thing that was going on this week. Uh, Russ Braun draws a mean plane and you really, you have a, a you know, world war one era biplane fighting, uh, dinosaurs. I don't know what else I have to sell that with, but that was enough to do it for me. So, you know, the, it's, it's definitely like kind of almost like a screwball comedy and, and, there's a bunch of stuff going on here that it, it's that's not important it's not it's it's silly it's very it's quite silly um and i had a very good time reading it um at this point connor would say something uh, and i'd have a chance to regroup my thoughts and then maybe think of something else to respond to um but i'm totally looking forward to the rest of this i am going to assume it is not the last issue because i don't feel like it's the last issue but i don't have a good record with that in the past i looked up um i did research i prepped I looked up Where Monsters Dwell. It ran for 38 issues in the 70s. It was a monster book. It almost looks like it actually doesn't have a Wikipedia page or anything like that. Um, I, it looks like it is a um, like a monster anthology book. Like every month there was a different group of monsters, um, and you'd watch them fight. So uh, we'll see how this fits in. I really want to see this guy uh, dealing with Doom. Uh, so I'm hoping that actually does cross over because I think, I think that will be a really good time. Um, but it was fun. Uh, I was a a British jerk who flies a plane, uh, and he's with a woman who's much smarter than him. And uh, and there's, I guess he's in the Savage Land or something like it. Uh, but it's very fun. If you didn't pick it up, if you like uh, Garth Ennis, you like those kind of things that we talk about. Uh, it's it would be easy to go under the radar. But points go to Nick Lowe, Marvel editor, who uh, who was also behind um, Fury Max. Uh, or was it was it Fury Max? I think so, yeah, that, that Fury uh, miniseries with um, Goran Parlov and, uh, and and Garth Ennis that, they, that we loved so much uh, a year or so ago. So, that was your pick of the week. I would say that my second runner-up to that was Convergence uh, Shazam number two from Jeff Parker, uh, Evan Doc Shaner and Jordi Belair on colors. Um, it's funny because I had... I had forgotten, I like basically had written off, uh, I didn't like any of the conversions number one issues that I could remember, so I would kind of written off all of the number twos, and I just sort of saw somebody mention it at the last second. Um, if I yawn, it's been a really long day of parenting, is what I have to tell you. Uh, I, I make no excuses, that's where we are. Anyway, um, so I remembered it sort of at the last minute, and I read it, and uh, you know, you've got this really... <laughs> really like convoluted story where all the worlds are all but it's not very different from battle world actually where these sort of two versions of the dc universe come together in a quote-unquote convergence uh in this one it's shazam and it's mixed with um not shazam captain marvel Uh, he's mixed with uh gotham by gaslight batman so basically the marvel family uh, in this issue go into uh the mike mignola uh tinged uh gotham by gaslight era uh and fight batman uh, you know, sort of a steam-powered uh, Batman of of the late 1800s, steam and hydrogen. And uh, it, if nothing else, if I was just to go by looks, uh, this would be this 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 would be one of the better books I read this week. It just it looks absolutely beautiful. The combination of of Shaner's really nice line, really sort of he's not overdoing anything. He just he has a style. It's very recognizable, but it, it all works. He's just a good cartoonist. You combine that with Jordy's colors, and uh, and it's it's very good. And it was pretty clear what was happening here. Um, there's a big sort of stupid villain reveal. Uh, it's Mister Mind. He's a little worm, and he's inside the big uh, monster. And and basically, there's just this one great panel where you know Shazam rips open the 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 front of the monster, and and you just see the little uh, big eyed inchworm Mister Mind in there, and and he just says curses. Um, which I really enjoyed. Also, in this scene, uh, um, Takitani is is flying flying a, an old timey fighter plane. Let that sink in. Just think, he doesn't have a jetpack, but he has an old timey fighter plane. But he's still in his outfit, but with a scarf that is that is that floats jauntily behind him as he flies around. And you know, like I don't know what else you're looking for, but uh, but it's real good. I you know I I love the way it looked. It was fun. It's one of those things where everybody. Who likes this kind of thing? Was like, that's it. Just get Jeff, get Parker and Shainer on a on a on a on a series, and that'll be good. You know, the thing is, though, I don't actually know what what this is gonna be, uh, what this would be for a series, because you know, they you know, most people don't know Captain Marvel, so every time Captain Marvel shows up, they basically explain to you who Captain Marvel is and how it works. You know, to various degrees and various bits of economy, but. We do that a lot and we you know we don't really get a, a chance to sort of get into it which should be fun and I, but I absolutely trust Jeff Parker. He's a, he's a heck of a writer. He can make them fun, he can make them funny. You know, but I liked it. I would love to see them do this more. Out of everything, it was it was like the one thing that the one thing out of Convergence that I was like, "Oh, this is like an A team that's on this. This isn't just an also ran like these guys, you know, aren't filling in." Uh I don't know if the industry knows that uh so much, but I think Shaneer should be a big name someday. I think Parker should be a bigger name than he is. Um, I like the way those kids make comic books. Now, let us go over to Old Man Logan number one. Now, you may remember Old Man Logan as a series that came from out of nowhere with Mark Miller and Steve McNiven, and it was really surprisingly good. And this was at a time when I really was not into Mark Miller at all. Um, they brought this back as part of Battleworld, it is written by Brian Michael Bendis which used to be a much more exciting thing for me um with art by uh Andrea Sorrentino which is actually very good he's always very good i have liked his work a lot he did the the green arrow for a while um and he does his own actually didn't do his own color but it you know there was definitely a, a thing that he does with color uh that works pretty well this was okay i wanted to like it i wanted to be like oh sweet you know this was a f- character that was really fun um it's really getting tough for me to read Bendis stuff because as we've said for years, you know, I I loved Bendis for a long, he's a big, big fan, but it's kind of always sounds like Bendis and that's fine. This is a little different. It's sort of, it's supposed to be Logan is Clint Eastwood, um, sort of, but I don't know why he, I don't know why Logan talks like that. He's from Canada, but he always talks like he's, he's, he's John Wayne or, or, or Clint Eastwood and he shouldn't, he should sound like he's from Vancouver or something like that from from BC. (laughs) He should have that accent. He, Everyone should be sorry, uh, about that. That's my that's my Canadian accent. That's as good as I can do. I know we have a lot of Canadian listeners, and I'm sorry to you as well. Um So like by the end I was like, Okay, I'm kind of interested in it. There was a really cool scene with um uh Emma, uh Frost and you know, the Punishers involved and and you know, it's 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 it was pretty good. I'm gonna read the next one, but I wanted it to be a little better. Um I will say, like in the background like, of all this battle world stuff, of all the secret wars stuff, I don't have any skin in the game. Like I don't, I don't care so much. So, like the thing itself has to be super interesting because it's not another thing pulling me in. I guess is the is the thing that I came out of it with. One of the other things that people were talking about this week was Fight Club Two, Number One, and this is an anomaly. <laughs> this is from Dark Horse. Is scripted by Chuck Palahniuk, who uh, wrote the Fight Club novel. I don't know what experience he has in comics, um, but I will say he he definitely avoided the novelist to comics uh, issue that we normally see, which is that they just write way too much and there's too many words and it doesn't work. Um, so I don't know I don't know how much it was broken down by by the artist uh, Cameron Stewart, who is you know he's he's pretty good he knows what he's doing so maybe maybe they collaborated together to sort of avoid some of that stuff um colors by dave stewart um no it's a cover by david mack this is this is not a it's not a not a cheesy production um i really strong art uh from cameron stewart and and, and dave stewart i don't believe they're related um and I liked that and as I, I kept going I haven't thought about Fight Club in a while but I will say the idea of Fight Club was a movie I liked a lot when I was when it come out I was 24 since then it definitely has a, a little a little sort of more youthful machismo than I feel like I'm comfortable with anymore and maybe I've just outgrown it a little bit or whatever and what we have here is the same story 10 years the same same characters same story 10 years on um Marla and the man who calls himself, I think it's Sebastian in this. Um, He has no name. Some people call him Jack because I am Jack's whatever liver. Um, He has a name. He's called Sebastian, so they sort of took on a new name. It's 10 years later. They have a 9-year-old child. Marla's unhappy. She's still going to groups. Uh, The man is taking a lot of pills uh, to sort of keep his psychosis in check, I guess. It kind of of takes off where we where we left off and um, you know, I I can't fault Palanyuk. He can do what he wants. It's his thing. He does the voice. He has it down. I don't know how much it's based on the novel as opposed to the movie. I've never read the novel, but it feels just like the movie. Um, It definitely touches on a lot of the same things. And I don't know. Like it was pretty good. I I was kind of in in the beginning. I was like, "Eh, I'm not so into it by the end. I was definitely more interested in it, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's an example of another we're we're going back to the well of a thing that we did before it's clerks five whatever it is or, or fight club two or there's a new there's a new version of everything all the time and i just enough i'm so, I'm so tired of revisiting existing properties and and having the, and they're successful because new properties there's so many of them and, the, and almost none of them hook. So it's so much easier to go back and and do a thing that existed before. You no, know, they put quality people on it. It was well done. It was kind of interesting. There's definitely a cool dynamic that's going on here with with their son, um, who was interested in amateur explosions, um, but you know, it is an also-ran, like, it's, it's, so, because of it, because of that, it wasn't, like, my favorite thing this week, but it was interesting, you know, it was well done, if I didn't have this sort of pre-existing, just, I think, this week, specifically, there's a new Point Break, and there's a new Conan, and there's a new, Johnny Quest movie, and there's just, like, a million things that are being redone, this is when Connor would argue with me, that's what he would do if he was here, uh, or maybe not, I don't know, but, but there we are, um, Finally, I want to talk about not finally. It's not the last book I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to talk about Chew number forty-nine. Um, we don't talk about this that much. Um, we are we are winding down. I think this ends at sixty. <laughs> Never ever take my word on when on when something ends. Um, but uh, this felt like a turning point kind of issue. Um, they all sort of realize what they must do, and they're sort of going to start themselves on the road towards the end. And 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 uh, I really liked it but it's funny like how joyless of a character um chu himself has become at this point like he's just he's not happy he hates everybody he's got a feud with everybody in his whole life um and and but he's out to save his daughter who is more capable and competent than him and and you know like like there's this like it's a very silly book, but there's definitely like a heavy sort of underset of drama going on here, and there's a lot of sort of anger involved with it, and there's purpose. We're moving somewhere, which is really fun. It's never not felt like there was purpose, but it's kind of cool that, like, you can just feel like they've all just put the thrusters on, and like, we're going to go in this direction. Um, all of the surviving chews um, have, have come together to, to sort of go towards this final thing, and they cooked up uh, the, the carcass of Pollo. Um and and he will eat it and then thereby gain all his power. Um, it was a it was a fun issue. It was good. I'm I'm starting to feel like like this is like a constant in my life. Word forty nine. So I don't want to say five six years something like that. This sort of has always just come out. It's always been consistent. It's always been the same. Um, you know Layman and and Guillory. They have they have their business down. Um, and I. I don't know. I don't don't know if I'm ready for it to be over, but I think it will be just about right when it is. So, you know, I don't know how many of you guys are still with this. This is the thing we used to talk about a lot. And the same thing that happens, it kind of gets into its groove and it just happens and it goes. And and there's not a ton to say about it. But uh, I enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to the next part of the whole thing. This week we have a sponsor. If you are looking for the perfect geek-themed vacation, look no further than Geek Nation Tours. Geek Nation Tours is proud to announce that they're returning to New York City this fall. Attend the New York City New York Comic Con and explore the city that's home to the Avengers, Daredevil, Spider-Man, and many more iconic comic book-themed locations over this seven-day tour. You can also see a video show that we did a long time ago. Um, if you search for it, I don't remember which one it is. Uh, we went to some of these locations. Anyway, uh, they're even going to Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash comic book store and the fictional address of the Fantastic Four. Uh, Geek Nation Tours handles all travel, hotels, and tickets to the con. All you need to do is have a good time. Doesn't that sound easy? But comics isn't all they have. Geek Nation Tours offers great tour packages like the Journey to Middle Earth Tour, head to New Zealand and to to the world of Lord of the Rings, Uh, the Zombie Apocalypse Training 101, which is perfect for Halloween or Walking Dead fans as you travel to Atlanta and see filming sites and get hands-on survivalist training and more, or the Galaxy Far Away Tour. Uh, You may have missed Star Wars Celebration this year, but now's the time to start planning for next year's celebration. So all of these and many more tours can be found at geeknationtours.com. You can book your geek tour today. Ah, uh, so thank them for. So I want to thank them for sponsoring the show? And uh, that's cool. That could be fun. Like I, 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 you know, like I would love to. I'm not going to do that. I don't have. I don't have an opening for that in my uh, in my life or schedule right now. But uh, if you can do that, man, go see. Go see Hobbiton because that's what I would do. Um, so now we got up to the next uh, bits of comic books. Black Widow number eighteen came out. This one really felt like the last issue. Nathan Edmondson and Phil Noto. Um, I checked. It's not the last issue. But the uh, solicitation for next issue 19 looks like looks like it might be the last issue, but if you've been with the show any amount of time, you know that not to listen to me about that. Um, uh, I, I don't want to be this guy, but I'm about to be this guy again. Uh, this is one of those ones that I've loved to look at uh, a little more than I've loved to read. Uh, Phil Noto is a is a master. He's great. It's it's wonderful to watch his, uh, and he was always very good. But it's always wonderful to watch his progression. Um. And, but this one was, had a lot of, a lot of weird dialogue in it. Like it was almost like someone, it was like a, like a first draft. Like there were places where words were repeated, um, in, in, it, you know, it, within dialogue in such a way that, that it, it just sounds like when you write something down really fast and you don't pay attention to it, um, then you, you say it because you didn't pay attention to it. See what I just did there. There was stuff like that through this whole thing. And it was this weird scene with the Avengers, um, and Hawkeye holding a bow all weird. Um, I wanted to like it more than I did, and I'm glad it's not the end because I actually really enjoyed this this little series. But she literally sails off into the sunset in this one, although that looks like a trail of blood behind her tiny boat uh, in which she has a cat. That's right. That's what I said. If you haven't been reading it by now, uh, you're not going to. I'm not going to waste a lot of time. Hawkeye, all new Hawkeye number three. This is Jeff Lemire and Ramon Perez um, doing a continuation i guess of of the character who is matt fractions hawkeye um pretty bold little adventure that happens here if you'll remember in the last issue kate and clint found uh the secret hide hideaway or something there were these crazy uh mutant kids not mutant mutant because they're not going to say that anymore uh who 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 are super powerful and are all weird and, and and bulbous about the heads um and they brought them back to Shield, and then in this one they break them out of Shield, and then to go into hiding they go to Clint's apartment, which seems really stupid because they would know exactly where to find them. But the kids meet Pizza Dog, and then they're super creepy because uh, they have big blank eyes. Any character with no pupil, just eye, blank eye, that's some shit you want to watch out for. Um, that's just that's just a life lesson, high rule. If this is if there's some dude with nothing going on in his eye, you should need to go somewhere else because that is scary. And these guys have the big encephalitic heads, you know, the and, and they're bald and they got like imports on their head and, and they had huge eyes with nothing in them. And then at the and the sort of bottom panels is all these flashbacks to Clinton Barney as kids in the circus and what looks like a super creepy scene with the swordsman uh coming up. I don't know. It seems like the, the swordsman got all fiddly. That's what I'm gonna go but I don't know. I haven't read it yet. That's a thing. I wanna talk about Invincible number one hundred and twenty. Um <laughs> there's been this battle uh between Thrag Thrag who is Thrag I just like to say Thrag who is uh the the sort of the very tough uh Viltrumite uh, who who Mark had to fight at one point and they exiled him and he's been fighting Battle Beast uh who's this big tiger dude and they their fight ended uh finally but they've been like destroying the planet the planet with the bugs with the bug people who who uh Oliver uh Mark's little brother if you've never listened to this if you have never read this uh that none of this should make sense so totally fine um uh but basically they, they just sort of set us up for the big next conflict um and it was a it was a fun issue um and and, and you know Mark and Eve seem to be on the right track a little bit and they're having a really good day and, and anybody in story story terms know that having a really good day between a couple that's 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 bad news. Uh, but there is a really wonderful sequence. It's a, it's like a six, 216 panel pages uh, where Mark wakes up early with his, his baby daughter and it's super sweet. Um, and I know both Kirkman and Ryan Otley, um are fathers and it it was it was very sincere. It was very sweet and it was fun and it was sort of the first time you, you got to see. Invincible, be a dad, and and I liked it. I thought it was uh, very very heartwarming and very nice. And also, Thrag's eyeball has been sliced open on the cover, and it is disgusting. It's really Ryan Ollie does really sweet, uh, but also disgusting, which has sort of become his thing. It's his thing that's fun, and I think, I think, um, I think Kirkman knows that, and he writes stuff for him to do it, and and they just play to the strengths. It's fine. So, if you would like. To help support the show, here are some things that you could... That's all the comics. That was all of them. Thank you. Give me a hand. I made it all the way through. How bored are you people at home right now? If you would like to support the show, you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Um, You can use that as your way to get to amazon.com where anything that you would be buying there... Uh, we get a little piece of it, a little taste. We get to wet our beaks a bit. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a great indirect way to do what you're going to do anyway and still contribute to the show. It is actually quite meaningful. So uh, if you do that, we appreciate it. If you don't do that, start doing that. What's wrong with you? Uh, you can also contribute directly, and there are those of you who do out there. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash registration, and you can donate uh, money, currency, yo cash to the show. You can do $3 a month or $30 a year uh, as you choose or any amount um and uh that really is uh this is totally we, we are crowd we were crowdfunded before crowdfunding was a word uh we were a blog before a blog was a word we were podcasting before uh, anyway you, you get what i'm saying we've been at this a while and this is still the first time i've ever done this by myself which is the saddest thing i guess we all did the minis so it's not too strange um does anybody remember those just just me uh our mini video shows they came out daily what was that about um, you can donate any amount you want. If you do do that, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Um, it, it's important. It it's helpful. Uh, and it's it's a good way to help support the show if you love it. Uh, that's how, one of the reasons we know that people want us to keep doing it. Let us move along to audience questions. Jeff from Quebec writes in: I can I can't quite do a Quebec accent. I almost can, but I lose it, and then it sounds bad. Uh, I recently I did that sorry thing earlier, so I don't want to I don't want to screw with Canadians too much this week. I recently picked up Jack Kirby's Devil Dinosaur Omnibus, and while I wouldn't say it's utterly bad, it's not particularly good either. Thing is, I now kind of love Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy. It's weird and all over the place, but there's a curious fearlessness or desperation in the storytelling, as if Kirby just threw a bunch of stuff at a page to see what might stick. Devil Dinosaur is fun and absolutely bananas, and I'm eager to see what comes of his team up with Captain America in Secret Wars, Planet Hulk. Anyway, all that to ask, are there any comics that you guys recognize as goofy, insane, or just plain bad, but you still love despite their serious flaws? If so, what is it about them you find compelling? Um... I really like the way that you wrote that, Jeff. Uh, it's not good. It's not It's not bad, but there's something about it I love. Um, I wouldn't call Jack Kirby desperate. I think that throwing everything at the wall and having it sort of work in some weird way was part of his talent. Um, guy was not known as a, as a master dialogue artist uh, at all. Weird bolding all over the place. Sort of strange. I've never actually read Devil Dinosaur. Um, I haven't read a lot of Jack Kirby, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a little bit of a poser, but... Um, but I part of it is because I know it's it's not it's not particularly great reading. I have a big Captain America omnibus and and I look at it. I definitely look at it and I love to look at it. But I haven't really read so much of it because it's crazy. Uh, and I, I can see that it's crazy just by looking at it and kind of like that's that's good for me. Um, so that that's one of them. And you know, like Henry Kissinger shows up in that series. It's very strange. Um, are there comics that I recognize as goofy, insane, or just plain bad, but still love? Um, I think I appreciate this kind of thing a lot more than I used to. I think when I was younger, I didn't like that. I thought that that was kind of pointless. Um, but there's definitely stuff that that like that that I really dig. Um, I, I guess um, one of the things I was thinking of, I had brought up. Um, this is really sort of very specific, and it's there's not a ton of them. But there was a Hellboy in Mexico. Um, it was written by Manola, I think, um, with art by Richard Corbin, and it basically was hell Hellboy versus um luchadores and and vampire turkeys and it was crazy and i don't normally go for just crazy because i think you you put it up like something about it that works not everything that's crazy works a lot of people in comics just doing crazy things they want to say it's jaws meets weekend at bernie's meets mash like they just like to say things and have that be a thing but there does there's a secret special sauce that makes something work um yeah, Jack Kirby obviously has that. Um, that's one that I always think of. Um, speaking of of um, Ryan Otley, Otley and Jason Howard uh, did uh, Sea Bear and Grizzly Shark. It was my pick of the week a while ago, and it was insanity. Um, it was just it was a it was a bear in the sea and a sort of half. It's a grizzly shark. I, that's all. Really, kind of explains what it was. There was each each thing and a half and half of the issue. It was just. It was nuts, uh, and it was a lot of fun, and I don't always like stuff like that, but when it comes along at the right time, I love it a lot. I bet that people listening have their own example of that kind of thing, uh, and you should uh, post them up in the comments, but uh, those were the ones that immediately came to mind. Uh, Robert from New Orleans writes in and says, hi, Josh and Connor. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny, Robert. No, you had no way of knowing. He said, I heard you talking about artist commissions recently, and you recommended Chris Somney and Tom Fowler, but here's the thing. I already have a few black and white pieces from those two artists. When I can afford it, I'd like to branch out and get something by another artist. Uh, if you could only pick one at a time for financial reasons, who would be at the top of your list? And please, uh, keep your picks in the price range, similar to the aforementioned or even more affordable recommendations for younger artists with less rep welcomed. Um, well, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. Um, yeah, I, you should get you should get a Tom Fowler color. That's what you should do, because his colored stuff is really awesome. No, no, no. Um, who would I get? Uh, for a long time I wanted an Otley. Um, I don't know what that means that I wouldn't necessarily anymore, but you kind of know what you're going to get with him. But he he really makes his commissions really fun. I've actually been in the room uh, after the show with Ryan, like, and there was a bunch of people around. And and he was just working on his commissions all night. Like he really cared, and and he did them, and, and like he would finish them, and he would show them to to people he'd be like, look at this one. You know, this like he'd be like, this was good, right? Um, so I like Ryan Otley for commissions a lot. Um, I I would say Gabriel Hardman. I love I love the way that his stuff looks. I love the ink of his brush on paper. I I have a, I have a wedge in that he did. I think he's sort of in the price range of those guys. Um, he's a great guy and he's always worth supporting. Um, so Hardman's another one. Um, I don't, I think he's probably a little up market, but I'm not sure But Ramon Perez. Um, I talked about with, with Hawkeye early. He's a, just a great cartoonist. Um, I don't know if you want to shoot for the sky. The sort of high end of it all is, is, is Darwin. I would want a Darwin cook. Um, but that's probably more money. Um, so, there's a few uh, that you could get. Uh, I don't, you know, it's, like, it's hard to say with young artists, uh, lesser I haven't been paying attention too much to the younger guys coming in. Um, Doc Shaner would be really good, uh, also. I think that would be kind of cool. So a lot of the guys that we talked about on this show were Matteo Scalera, who's um, one of my favorites right now. I used to put his sketches up in SketchUp. Um, if you can catch him at a show, I believe he's Italian, so I don't know. He's in the States relatively regularly. Um, those would be good ones. Uh, Brian from Maryland. So my weekly comic book reading is all digital, and if I like the book, I'll buy an oversized edition if available. Similarly, I listen to my music digitally, but I've been ruminating for a good 15 to 16 hours on getting into vinyl for the stuff I really like. I assume Josh, being a self-proclaimed aging hipster, (sighs) saying it out loud is even worse, digs vinyl already and perhaps can give some feedback on a good starter standalone record player and general vinyl tips. For example, using Amazon.com slash ifanboy. Good lad. I've been looking at the Jensen JTA 222 and a potential, as a potential first player. I'm also thinking my first record would likely be Wish You Were Here or Sgt. Peppers. Uh, any help you could offer would be greatly appreciated. Well, I, I, uh, I'm I, a little flattered, uh, but I'm again, I'm totally a poser. Um, I have a record player. I don't know the difference between any of the other record players. I, My system is set up uh, with... Uh, I don't get to listen to records very often so I haven't invested much in it cuz listening to records means there's no kids around and it has to be turned up so if no kids are around they're probably sleeping like literally like once every month or two everyone will be gone and then I will play records and I will be very happy but I'm still trying to make it I've heard records that sound really great but they don't sound really great here I just play them here cuz I kind of like the experience of it so I don't know much about the record players themselves I'm sh- I'm sure what you know like always aim aim a middle middle high that's what i you know don't get the most expensive thing but don't get to the cheapest thing um you know look at the right look at the reviews people who are writing reviews on the record players they're going to be real people serious but you can tell which ones are crappy and not um i'm sure that that one's fine i have a crappy like sony that i bought a long time ago and it's just got a a bad rca out um you've got to turn it way up to hear anything but i don't i don't know I don't think that the record player matters so much. I think that the system that you're putting it through matters. Like if you have a tube amp, that's awesome and and nice sort of wooden speakers um, as opposed to a digital amp and little tiny tiny metal uh, satellite speakers, which is what I have. Um, but you could also just put headphones on, like big over the ear sort of old cans. I think that might work, and I do that too. Um, records. I mean, it really depends on what you like. You know, you said wish you were here as Sergeant Pepper's. Um, I think that's a. I think the Beatles are a fine way to go with that. I went back and I bought first albums. I'm totally getting off comics here, but whatever, I'm the only one here who cares. Um I I bought like first albums of bands I like. I bought the the first The Sunny Day Real Estate album, the first Shins album. Um actually no. Is is uh is that the first album? I don't remember which one. There's one I like and there's one I don't. Kissing the Lipless is the one I like. The other one I don't think is a very good album. Um I don't have any Pink Floyd, um, and the one album that I really want is is not in current print. And every time I see it, it's like eighty or ninety bucks. Is Animals? That's uh, my favorite Pink Floyd album. Um, that's what I would get if I were you. And if I ever see it used or whatever, I'm going to pick that up. Or I'm just waiting for them to reissue it. Um, I don't know, like a Radiohead album. I have a bunch of Elvis Costello albums. Like that's just the stuff that I like. The, the stuff that an aging hipster would like. But the Beals is is always a really good, good safe bet because that stuff always sounds really good for whatever reason. Um, they recorded it well after say Beatles for sale, uh, before that's, you know, when there's just the four of them in a room playing at the same time, it doesn't quite sound amazing. But when you get to revolver, rubber soul, even help. They all, I mean, they all sound good. Like they, they sound amazing, like on headphones. Um, and I think, uh, that's not a bad way to go at all. And Pink Floyd's a really, it's really well recorded stuff too. Um, so there was your, mo- do you want to, you want to know what, where aging hipster comes from? You want to know what that is? So, um, we all used to live in New York City, and in new York city there is um there's the New York one um uh news channel it's channel One in New York, and there's this guy, uh, Wes Dodley, who was one of the anchors and he had this voice when it was very calm and he would read reports of people who had done things and and Ron and Connor and I used to make jokes that if we were killed, what his report would be and I think it's Ron's joke. And Ron was like, aging hipster, killed in Brooklyn as he, you know, does whatever. So that was like the joke for us. And then I picked it up and ran with it at some point, And I used it to sort of, uh, as, a, as nomenclature to describe myself for all of the sort of typically mid-30s uh, liberal, uh, educated white guy in plastic glasses, uh, things that we would do. Like talk about vinyl and the shins and things like that. Um, get Fugazi. Fugazi sounds great on vinyl. Ron, Ron's, Ron's system. Uh, okay, I feel like I have to explain this now, which is weird. Ron was our our original third partner, um, and before he went to work at Image Comics, um, his he has a great record player and system. It sounds really good. Um, I believe he has a Marantz receiver, but it's also digital. It's not it's not like a tube amp or anything. He has bigger, nicer speakers than me. Um, so I just started saying, it. and then actually I said I officially retired the aging hipster thing uh, last year because I was I thought that people didn't get it. it was a joke, and I hate the word hipster because it doesn't mean anything anymore. So there we go um, if you want to email us you can uh, email us at contact at ifanboycom or you can leave us a voicemail at 888 fanboys which is 326-2697-2697. tell us who you are where you're from everybody did a really good job at that this week um, keep it around 30 seconds if you're calling in um, and now let's see let's see where we are in the timing I think I think we're good yeah we have done we have some time I think the show is going to be a little short but I'm going to go through some of the hashtag ask i Fanboy Josh. Um. Uh, tag. Let's see, and let's let's see. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just tear right down through them. So, uh, Jared Gossett asks, where do I start with Green Lantern? And I will say to him what I, I will say to all of you what I said to him. Uh, go screw. That is an old joke, and I don't like old jokes usually. So unless they're my old jokes, and so I guess that was. People just always ask where they start with Green Lantern. I don't know. There's probably an article on iFanboy, you can look for that. Uh Eric Eilerson, is there a, is there a particular superhero trope that you hope think will be eradicated from comics within the next decade? Um I don't know that this is a superhero trope, but I'm still seeing uh female characters drawn with like their uh uh their their pant the side of their panties up over their pants like like it's Janet Jackson in the mid-90s. It was stupid then, and it's really stupid now, and I still see it in comics, and I'm tired of it. They are all superhero tropes, so it feels like it's all that exists right now. At least, you know, you, something like like we were talking about the Mark Wade uh, Daredevil suit being stupid, but at least it's new. It's like a whole other thing he's going for, so I really appreciate and respect that. Um, Batman's still very angry. I don't know that fucking underwear thing drives me insane. Um, what vertigo series would you same guy? What vertigo series would you relaunch to reignite the old passion of the brand? I wouldn't relaunch an old series. I would, I would get one of those guys who made it great. And I would let, I would let Garth Ennis or, uh, you know, like start a new series and, and do it the way that he used to want to. But the thing is, it's hard for uh vertigo to get those kind of things now, uh, they end up going to Image because they have to share ownership, and they can realistically make a lot of money at Image where it used to be that that was sort of more risky. Um, and and at least if you went to Vertigo, you were getting paid for the work up front, but in ex- in exchange for that, you were giving up ownership. So if they're going to Image and, and others, but mainly Image, uh, they're keeping ownership. Um, so I t- I mean I would I would put it down to people. Like it would be great if if any of Basically, a lot of those great series that are going on, Black Science or something like that, or 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 um, the fade the fade out, like these are all things that should be at Image, uh, or I mean, should be should have been at Vertigo, but they're at Image now. Uh, I don't want to reignite anything. I sorry, I started to read uh, the Sandman Overture series. I think a new issue came out this week, and I just I don't care. I'm sick of retreads. I don't I don't want it anymore. Uh, Carrie Bonsack uh, writes in: What is your favorite DC and or Marvel event ever? Um. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know that that's a thing that I that I think of in terms of events. Uh I think 52 was probably my favorite DC one. This is one of those things where like, who's well, not an event, it's a thing. 52 was like a, a whatever, it was a stunt uh that actually turned out awesome. Like it was really really good and no one saw that coming. I don't think uh that it would work with those four writers and no an issue coming out every week. It was it was great. Um so that was really good. I think um what was the the Siege? Was that the one that came? Uh, that was actually really pretty good too um, in Marvel. That's more recent. But most of the other big ones at Marvel always fell flat at, at the end. Um, David Cooper. David B. Cooper. Uh, pick five actors from The Wire and recast them as superhero villain characters and rephrase that as a question. I'm not going to do your job for you, David. Um, that's That feels like that's too hard um, for for this time frame that I have and I'm tired so I can't do it uh, I'm gonna skip it there you go I can do that I have that power uh Eric Eilerson again Eric I, I mean you can't have that many how many hours of intense thinking do you recommend before adding or dropping or adding a book from your pull list 2 6 18 I like to put a lot of thought into a lot of things Eric but uh honestly it doesn't take me long to drop a book I'm like I'm gone and then I once I get out of the habit of it forget uh, Kirby Orton says, Do you think Star Wars Minute should do prequels or wait and do episode seven? Listen or like the prequels? That's right. I can do a jar jar. Um, I would love to do the prequels with Star Wars Minute. I think it would be fun, but I don't think that they should do them. Uh, Star Wars Minute is a podcast that uh, myself, Ron, and Connor have all been on, uh, where they each, each, they do weekly five shows a week. They do one minute of the, of the Star Wars movies. They're finishing up Jedi now. Um, I think it's way more fun when you love the movies uh, and having to listen for however many hundreds of episodes of them not liking movies uh, isn't, doesn't sound very fun to me. Um, I think it makes more sense to, to find something else to talk about in that context. Cause I don't, it's fun to hear somebody make fun of something a little bit, but that gets old really, really fast. Um, so if you can find a way to appreciate it and go through it, I mean, there's a ton of really fun things to talk about in the Phantom Menace. Um, but I think, Going on and on and on about something you don't like, uh, which you're kind of seeing with Jedi, uh, has a bit of a problem. How imp- uh, Dallas Taylor, Dallas Comics Taylor, uh, says, how important do you think tie-ins are to big event comics? How important, uh, or even how important big events are to comics as a whole? Big events are important to comics from an economic standpoint. Um, to a certain extent, the tie-ins are too. Tie-ins used to be a way that sort of new people could try new fun things out, and it does happen a little bit. But a lot of times, they feel like throwaways. Um, they're super important. Uh, Sean Kreider writes in, when can we expect Astro Van 2, Electric Boogaloo? Seriously though, any more prose fiction coming down the line? I'm a terrible writer, uh, lately. I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm awful. Like, not that I'm bad. I just, I don't have time. I have a job and kids and then the, all the little extra time is taken up by either if I can manage to get on my bike or, or doing this and reading comics, um, so I want to write more again in the future, but I'm lame right now, uh, and I have a good excuse. Uh, their names are Oliver and Henry, and uh, they take up a lot of time. I would love to write. I actually have uh, an idea uh, for a second Astrovan book. I wrote a book called Astrovan. It's a novel. It's available on Amazon.com as a uh, a digital uh, ebook. Uh you can read it if you want. So I'm actually quite proud of it. I like it. There are more typos than I would like. Uh Lee Hughes wrote in and said your top five Garth Ennis stories, plus Ennis's best art collaborator, in your opinion. Um boy, I would have said previously that Steve Dillon was his best collaborator, but I'm leaning towards John McCrae. Um preachers I like a Preacher I like more than Hitman. Um but but I, I feel like there's definitely there's a there's an there's an Irish thing going on with McCrae. Um, that, that he's got and by the end like at the beginning Steve Dillon was super into doing what he was doing and then by the end you could see that he was just he was just drawing it um I've actually seen pages there's like there's a little really sharpie on the page and you know that's kind of good like he got very economic with it storytelling never got bad his drafting never got bad it never got sh- shitty but I feel like he co- sort of lost his enthusiasm for it at least a little bit um McCray um by the end of hitman um, it's better than, it's like the the, la- the end of Hitman art is better than the beginning of Hitman's art. Um, so I'm gonna go with Hitman in that sense. Um, he's got a lot of great ones. So, you know, Eskera's uh, another guy he, he works really well with. Uh, top five, uh, Garth and his stories. I'm gonna go with series just because. Um, it's Preacher, Hitman, Hellblazer, um, uh, War Stories, uh Fury Max um, There's others uh, Preacher, Preacher, Hitman, Hellblazer Those are all A plus stories uh, I mean they're amazing Preacher is my favorite thing ever That's always going to be number one Hellblazer and Hitman are really close to each other um, I've, Yeah I reread both of them recently So uh, it's a hard call um, There you go uh, Jeff Dixon I know you like to bake cakes But what's your favorite breakfast to cook I haven't baked a cake in a long time My wife took over baking duty uh, For the most part Um I like to make French toast and waffles, um, which is kind of like baking, I guess. Uh, I just found a kick-ass waffle recipe uh, where you, you, uh, you whip the eggs and then fold them in, and it was oh, were way lighter and crispier. It was great. I've been making a bad waffle recipe for a really long time. Uh, B. Todd Watkins asks, why? Eh. Justin Jones writes in and says, I have a boner. No, that's stupid, uh, Peter Vaith, If movies don't drive sales, why does Marvel? Why move Marvel you towards cinematic? You why not Battle World status quo for a while? Um, movies drive sales on a sort of short term basis, I think. Um, but overall, I don't know. They want to have company synergy. If one thing takes off, they want it to be in line. Um, you know, they they need everything to be of of a type. And so, if somebody does gravitate gravitate towards it, they're more likely uh, to see something they recognize. I think. Um, and also because otherwise it's just uh, a company has a, has a, a brand, has, a, has a, a standard, a model, and they, they want to be on that model. Um, so there. Uh, Monica asks, do you read comics every day? No. No, I probably read comics two days a week. I sort of mainline them on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, I have been in the midst of trying to read novels. I have, like, huge piles. I have piles everywhere, and I can't catch up. Um, I don't have a lot of extra time uh, at night. Um once my kids go to bed and I'm done with work I I tend to just like yeah. uh, I zone out. I've had a bad Lego Marvel habit lately uh, on the Xbox. Um I mostly play with my son but he's too slow. Um so I've been trying to – like I don't have anything left in my head uh for the most part but uh I could read comics all the time. They're sort of in every room and and every once in a while I do try to sort of I'm not good with old stuff but I like to reread stuff. Um but when I get into it, man, I can't. Like, if this is a great story that grabs me, I can't stop. Um, comics are in my heart every day. Fraggle Rock, me Amadeus. Cast the I fanboy. I hate casting questions. Crew and pals, past and present, as their Mad Men analog. Who is Ginsburg? Paul is Ginsburg. I mean, that's that's pretty easy. Um, no, Paul was probably mad at me. He said he's Kinsey. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't think that they are analogs in that sense. I don't recognize any of those characters. Um, I don't like any of them. I don't want to be any of them. I like watching them. That's very different. Um, I'm so sad about Mad Men. Uh, Same guy. Question. uh, I don't know. It's Tiffany Amber Thiessen in his picture. So it might be a lady. It might be Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Uh, If you could only read comics by a single dream creative team for the rest of time, who would it be? That sounds horrible. You know what I mean? Like, like that sounds—that sounds awful. Garth Ennis and Jack Kirby. Uh, Ken O'Challick, Uh I've never said that out loud. I, I hope I got somewhere close to that. Uh, because they're mostly human, comic characters must love donuts. So, what's Hawkeye's favorite donut? Uh, cap or Bats? Okay, so Hawkeye's favorite donut. Um. Current version of Hawkeye. I don't know. He's gonna. I feel like he's gonna be sort of like he's gonna have one of those really good. Uh, sort of donut places that make you know like in the city that make great ones, and and it's gonna be some weird, uh, some weird flavor, but it's gonna have jelly in it in the middle, cause it's like a little childish in the middle. Like he wants like a strawberry, sort of something in there. Um, Cap Cap is gonna go sort of for a straight up sort of, oh like a, like an apple cider donut. Um, and Batman, he will not allow himself donuts. I'm sorry, it's just it's one of the drawbacks of being Batman, but he can't, he can't do it. Uh, Allie. Formerly the site Alex Coluccio, uh, Wonder Alley on Twitter. Why do you hate fun? Uh, you can also go screw. Um, Marcus Reyes, what are your thoughts on DC splitting art pages and half in favor of ads? I saw this actually happen today. Um, I I don't have a problem with ads as a rule. I hate breaking up that page. The comic book page shape to me is sacred, and I hate the idea of breaking it up. I don't think it's evil or anything. Like I just, ugh, I don't like I don't like the DC. I don't like the f- digital format because of that reason. I like the shape of the page. I like the mastery over that page and that shape. And I realize that that is antiquated and we can't stick with that forever. But, um, I, I just feel like i am starting to get a handle on that page now and then to turn it into something else. Um, I don't know. Uh, Charles Knight, what is, what does he think DC is obsessed with? Or that he is me. What do I think DC is obsessed? Why do I think DC is obsessed with explaining the structure of the universe over and over? God, that's an excellent question. Um, I feel like it's a thing that they feel they need to be able to prove to their fans that they that they have an explanation for this and it's not all pell mell. Um, and I think Grant Morrison works with and against them on this. I think that he actually doesn't believe it's possible, but he keeps doing it, or he doesn't believe it's important, but he keeps doing it because he does believe it's important, and he can't make up his mind. Uh, and they sort of follow his lead. Um, Donald Donahue the Third. What are some comics characters that felt that felt you related? to the most what are comic characters that you related to the most i think is what he was going for there um i i always liked clint barton clint barton was my favorite he was like the smart ass guy who was who was trying to live up to the best of them uh and wasn't quite there but he tried real hard uh and he had a lot of skill you know like he could be the best guy in the world at doing his archery but overall like that is not a hill of beans um i don't know there's something about that i've liked since i was a little kid um that's the first one that came to mind. I'm gonna stick with it. Um, <clears throat> I don't. I don't tend to feel that I relate to a lot of them very much. Ash Doyle, Neil Stevenson writing an Oracle comic for for DC. Best idea ever. I hope that's a joke. That's not a thing. That's a horrible idea. That mean that man needs to write prose because he writes prose beautifully, and and he can't like like comics is 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 about stripping something down to its essence and telling it uh, visual visually. And and Neil Stevenson owns words so well that I don't want that. Uh, Neeks talk about original art that you own and a brief explanation of how you acquired each page and what you love about them. That's like a long question dude I own a page of Derek Robertson art from Transmetropolitan number one. Um, I was really into Transmetropolitan at the time so I bought the pages Uh, I sold one of them so I could buy some wheels for my bike Um, but I kept one uh, from issue one. Um, I love it it's, uh, it's one of those things that I, I saw it in the book, and it was number, page five from issue number one, and I thought, that's awesome, I want that. And it was a little more like what I liked 10, 15 years ago as opposed to what I like now, uh, but it's Bearded Spider Jerusalem, and it blows up the bar uh, with a rocket launcher from his car. I still have that. I have a page of uh, Darwin Cook art from Genox number 50 um, that was gifted to me by my two partners, Ron and Connor, uh, and Darwin himself. Uh, and... Um, I have a page from uh, next wave. Uh issue number one. Uh, Steve Ro- Steve Rogers uh comes out of the bathroom and he sort of he sort of uh, motions to it with his thumb over his shoulder that he broke the he broke the toilet. <laughs> I just think it's great. Um I bought that because I just happened to see it one time. It was seventy five bucks or something stupid. And Stuart Eminem page for seventy five bucks is is stupid. The page from Box Office Poison. Um it's a page of Ed. Uh, meeting a girl at a party, and her name is Leia, and he drinks his beer really fast, and he asks her to dance, and this like like nerd nerd triumph moment. Um, I like the page, and I bought it from Alex Robinson before I knew him uh, a really long time ago, uh, and now it is fading, and it has pen marks all over it because uh, he some of it was drawn in ballpoint, and he and Alex like is like please please let me take that from you and make something and do something new. I was like no, it's staying on the wall. Alex is a good friend of mine now, so. Um, by the way, if you can, if you ever like really like a, if you ever really like a graphic novelist and you want to become good friends with them, um, it's really cool. It's fun, and you go from being a fanboy. It's like I knew I had something in common with your work. That's rad. Um, but you gotta be really careful because a lot of times you'll just be super creepy if you do that. Ah, uh, that's there's other pages, not many, but I can't think of them right now. Um, I have a bunch of pages that are drawn for pages for stuff that I've done um, that haven't been published yet um, from from my one of my collaborators. Um, Kale Malloy, um, and they're beautiful, and someday, hopefully, you'll see them, but as I explained earlier, I'm lame, uh, Eric Williams, Walking Dead, the brand, received back last year, the popularity of the show, do you expect the same for Preacher? God, I hope not, uh, it could, I don't know, I can go back and read Lee, Every Extraordinary Gentleman, and it doesn't make a difference, uh, it's still really great, uh, um, I'm gonna skip around, because I'm running out of time, um, rules for a new life how do you leave your favorite comic book character when you realize that it isn't for you anymore i just go man it's it's not not a problem because the thing is it always changes or comes back around and you know you don't have to read everything people think they have to read everything i don't know why just walk away for a while come back michael rookard are you a fan of westerns if so why got any favorites i am a fan of westerns but i'm not like a really well-read fan of westerns so i know a lot of like more recent stuff, uh, more than anything, I love the Unforgiven, it's it's one of my favorite things, um, I didn't like it the first time I saw it, I didn't get it, um, but I'm not like, I'm like a John Ford, uh, you know, master or anything, I actually have a really hard time sitting through the Ennio Morcone stuff, I'm sorry, Sergio Leone, Ennio Morcone is the, uh, is the composer, um, because it's super long and slow, and I don't love it, obviously, they're beautiful, and I see that they set the tone for everything, but, uh, you go, uh, Will Will Bad. I'm getting married in the year. How do you balance your hobby life and marriage? Also, how do I adult? I don't, dude. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You just do it because you have to. That's why I had a kid, and within a year and a half or two, I was nearly grown up. Um, kids and family and job—they take precedence over everything because it's stuff, shit that has to be done. Uh, that's what being an adult is and having responsibility. I will tell you, like one of the hardest things about it is you go from being sort of number one in your life to being number four. Uh, everything you do is for somebody else for a while and it's hard for a lot of men to get used to that and when you're wondering what it is that makes you feel so shitty it's that um, I had a hard time at a certain point that was really honest of me Oops. Uh, Jose what? which comics do you want never to be adapted to other media uh, from Caracas, Venezuela um, I don't know I don't think there's any stopping it they're doing Preacher so after that what do I care um, This stuff that shouldn't be done I don't think we ever should have done Watchmen I don't because it's 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 doesn't doesn't fit. Um, is there really the Todd Castle? Is there really such a thing as an aging hipster? Or are you simply becoming an old man? I am becoming an old man, and I'm totally cranky. But when I go see the other dads who are my age and younger, because I'm like an old dad, uh, I don't feel so old. Um, top ten best Vertigo series. I'm not doing that. That's too much. Preacher, Hellblazer, uh, Transmetropolitan, Lucifer. Etc. Uh Tell me about Queen and Country. This is Jordan Redpath. Tell me about Queen and Country because I know nothing and you've always made it interesting. Uh, straight up British Spies uh, written by Greg Rucka. Great with character. Great with an eye for detail and history and how things work and it's wonderful. Uh, John Simon, do you think you'll watch The Preacher Pilot? Be honest. Absolutely. I'm kind of, I'm kind of. I'm not super upset about it. Um, I want it to be good but I don't want it to ruin, um, I don't want it to ruin my, my the book but I don't see that that does. Um Jason Sansbury, if you could pick one comic for your son Snatch We Love, what would it be? So I'm gonna cop out answer on this. It doesn't I don't care. I want them to read whatever it is they like. I don't know what they're gonna like. I don't know what they're gonna be into. Um I can't I can't wait to find out. My my older son, my younger son's one, so he's really he's into shoving shit in his mouth. Uh and my older son is really into science, uh, and volcanoes and earthquakes and, and weather and, and stuff like that. Um so I don't really care as long as they're happy. Uh, Jason says, what superhero would be the most fun to go mountain biking with? My original my original thought when I saw this um, was, uh, <laughs> was uh, Hal Jordan because um, he's sort of fearless and it'd be fun to be with a dude like that. Um, and then my second answer on that was like Barry Allen, but then I'm like, I'm sick of being the slowest guy because I am always the slowest guy, um, which I don't which I don't want to be, but I am. Uh, I think that is all that I have. I used up the whole time. How about that? I have to go to bed. It's really late, and my kids are going to be up tomorrow very early. I'm on my own this weekend. That's what happened. Um, I hope that this experiment in single-host uh, single, single host torture was not uh, that, and I hope that it all went well for you. I had a lot of fun. I just shut my script down, and I don't know... Uh, what I'm supposed to say at the end so you can go over to ifanboy.com you can comment on this show talk about this week's book you can find your other other podcasts that we did you can find the video shows we talked about occasionally you can find us on facebook.com slash ifanboy or at ifanboy on twitter which is where all those flash questions came from Uh, you can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan or Kilpatrick. if you dig the show write us a review in iTunes Uh, send links around if you like something that happened tell people about it um, that's that's the best way to go uh, word of mouth is our strongest marketing tool because um, the marketing budget is like <laughs> Um and that's it for the show thank you for listening this says I'm Connor it's not because he's gone and I'm Josh uh, hopefully this never happens again I'll see you next week uh, hopefully with somebody else around thank you